0: Hey okay, everyone, welcome back to the Dana Buckler show. My name is Dana and I am pleased to welcome back for I guess the third time now. Third time, yeah. My friend Jason Waters, Jason, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank Excellent, you. Excellent, man. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for doing this. Absolutely. So this this was this conversation is sort of the precursor to the episode that we're going to record a week from today. Yeah. Um w- we've been talking about this since before you even came on the show. Like we have to talk about yeah. the new Batman movie. And of course, we we can't you know, we're going to do a review of the movie next week. Oh, this, this is
1: great because this is the spoiler-free. Yes. Anybody who hasn't seen the previous Batmans, pause now and watch those.
0: Absolutely. Because, you know, here's the thing. Most people that are going to be listening to our conversation on Matt Reeves' The Batman next week will have seen the majority of the films we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. So I thought instead of spending 20 minutes, 30 minutes teeing up you know our discussion on the Batman where the listeners are going to be like can you just get to the movie we just want to hear your thoughts on the movie i thought we should just do a pre episode and this is the this is the episode before the episode this is our discussion on the Batman film specifically Starting with 1989's Batman, going all the way through to, I guess, Zack Snyder's Justice League directors cut. directors cut. Yeah, so yeah, which which we'll we'll get to that uh, eventually. Uh, hopefully, this podcast won't be as long as that movie was. <laughs>
1: so, I got I got four hours.
0: Yeah. So so Jason, let's just start with we we we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that in the 1960s there was a television series. They did a standalone movie. Uh, Adam West, Burt Ward, the Batman, incredibly, incredibly campy, very, you know, it was basically a living comic book is the way, uh, best way to describe it. Very tongue in cheek, never to be taken serious. Your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I enjoyed watching that as a kid um, just because it was that that fun version of Batman. Um, You that's probably the only version of Batman you could watch Mm -hmm. as a kid coming up and you know, I, you know, full disclosure, I n- have probably read three or four Batman comics. Mm. So the comic, you know, mining of a background for that, I, I never really got. All I got was from the series and the movies. Right. And yeah, the this, this series was fun watching them walk up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> pretending to walk up a wall. It's great. <laughs> the the shark repellent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember all of that. I mean, that. And that was stuff that was
0: in syndication when I was a kid growing up, even in Canada, that was on syndication. But I mention this because it's important to note that... <laughs> Much to my chagrin, we live in a world of never-ending comic book films, which I've made no bones about that, and I've been attacked <laughs> plenty by listeners out there. So yeah. feel free to keep your comments, you know, <clears throat> coming. I enjoy reading them, but the thing is that you know DC was a very small label in the 1970s. So small, in fact, that most people didn't even realize that Warner Brothers owned it in the 1970s, and they uh, they were approached by the Salkins. To who wanted to get the rights to make a Superman movie, nobody took it serious. You know, superhero movies were often thought of as the Batman. It was it was a joke. Yeah. It was a joke. So, 1978's Superman comes out, massive hit. Still, one of my favorite comic book films. One of my all-time favorite films. I, I love
1: that movie. I was going to say it. I think I had posted on Twitter a while ago that um, I was at probably 13 or 14 before I realized that. You couldn't just go around the Earth really fast backwards to yeah. to turn back time. I mean, that's what the effect of Superman that movie had on me. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and did we talk about physics? Don-
0: did we talk about the Donner cut
1: of no, Superman? We did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: He he does that in the Donner cut for a second time. Uh. <laughs> so. Um, So that movie comes out, it's wildly popular, it spawns three sequels, Superman 2, which is also very popular, then it starts to really lose steam with Superman 3, and then the Canon group, Canon Films gets a hold of it, and they put out 1987, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, which is... A toilet flusher. Yeah, it's a fascinating story, though. Imagine, if you will, you've got a $32 million budget... Was it that much? Well, no, no, it was a $32 million budget. Now, remember, these are special effects heavy movies, these Superman films. So most of that money is on the screen. So imagine you've got Sidney J. Fury, who's the director. You got Christopher Reeves. He comes back on board because he gets a writing credit and a producing credit. And he basically said, I want to do a story where Superman rids the world of nuclear weapons and Rocky Four for Superman. Exactly. So (laughs) the rights get sold to the canon group. And immediately, like right before they're supposed to begin production on the film, the budget is slashed in half to 16 million. And that is why when you watch that movie, you see a lot of the same. They use a lot of the same shots like Superman flying shots. And it's just it's it's not a great movie. I don't know if it had its full 32 million dollar budget if it still would have been a great movie. Uh, but they cut
1: story for the movie so. Th- yeah. They
0: did. Oh, they filmed. The, the, the original cut of the film is more than 2 hours long and this thing's like a oh, tight wow. 88 minutes or something. Like oh. it's and uh, one more note on that, it's very interesting that Nuclear Man, <laughs> who is the bad guy in Superman 4, is his voice was actually dubbed over by Gene Hackman.
1: Who no happens, way. Who, I did not realize that. Who happens
0: to be in that movie. Gene Hackman, what are you doing? You know what? That's why they couldn't afford this, because
1: you still got to pay Gene Hackman and Christopher Reeve, and then you have to make your movie. Uh, so Gene Hackman probably is just like, give me an extra hundred bucks and I'll, I'll go ahead and dub it. Absolutely. <laughs> so we've got moving into 1989. All of a
0: sudden, we're going to do another bat. We're going to do a Batman movie. <clears throat> we're going to do a serious Batman movie. Yep. And this movie is going to be produced by John Peters and Peter Goober. They are much like Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. This is a producing duo that has done tons of movies. Now Peter Goober is a, whenever you look when, whenever you look at at producing duos like Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer don simpson who passed away in 1995 i think there's a an amazing book on his life this guy was an out of control guy like yeah. he he had tigers for pets i mean he had he drove around beverly hills with assault rifles in the back of his bentley like he was wild he was a wild guy jerry Bruckheimer, much more conservative you know very you know easy to talk to easy to get along same could be said for peter Goober and john peters yeah now john peters I was talking to you before we started recording that I just saw Licorice Pizza, and Bradley Cooper has a yeah. a small part in the movie where he plays John Peters. And the movie does not hold your hand as far as who is John Peters. You either know who he, who he is or who he isn't. So, do you
1: think it capped – did Bradley Cooper do well?
0: From what I understand, yeah. In fact, yeah? I think Bradley Cooper's performance was a little toned down. Oh. Like, this guy is out of control. Awesome. He was dating Barbara Streisand. He was her hairdresser. <laughs> And then, you know, through through whatever magic of Hollywood, he became a, you know, a hotshot producer. And so he was the one that helped put this whole Batman project together. So love it. And let's talk about this just for a moment, because <laughs> a lot of unknowns going into this film. All right. Unproven. Unproven. That's yeah. what I'm. Yeah, you know what? That's better. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'm going to say that a lot of unproven's because you have Tim Burton directing this film and everybody right now, you say Tim Burton. Everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, Tim Burton, of course. But let's look at his track record up to nineteen eighty-nine. He had done two movies. 1985's Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, which I love it. Love it. Yeah. 1988's Beetlejuice. One of the best. So this is it. That's yeah. all he's done. Yeah. Right? They're gonna spend a huge sum of money on this movie. It's incredible. What are some of the other unprovens in this film?
1: So I mean, to me, you've got really one of the first superhero movies to come out since Superman. 11 years later. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got, you're spending this much money on something that could just magnanimously flop. You've got Michael Keaton in, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I love Michael Keaton. He's always been a, the, the comedy guy. He's always been the, the drama guy, but in an action role, Jason, people were outraged. Not there. They yeah. were outraged, and this is this is long before
0: social media. Yeah, Warner Brothers got so many. Mr. Letters. Mom is Batman. Exactly. I mean, they got so many letters. People were outraged, yeah. and that's going to be a common theme. Looking at the Batman oh, movies over the years, but to me, like the two, like you mentioned, the two unprovens are going to be. Third-time director, Tim Burton, working with what was initially going to be a $30 million budget, but ballooned to a $48 million budget, Just a lot of money yeah. in 1989. And, of course, Michael Keaton, like you said, Mr. Mom. I mean, Nobody saw it. Nobody could see it. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> let's just talk about the film, man. Like, I'm 11 years old when this movie comes out. This is the first time I remember in my life that I was – this was – like the most anticipated film of my life when I was 11. Oh, like there absolutely. was nothing else in my, like in my world that I wanted to see more than Batman.
1: Yeah. No, I think um, my, my mom was a huge Michael Keaton fan and I think we saw it at least, at least two to three times at the theater. Um, just, I, I was 10 when it came out. So being in, you know, elementary school everyone had batman t-shirts i mean batman lunchboxes batman thermoses the i had a poster on my wall of just not even batman on it just the batmobile because I that it was same that
0: poster badass. This, this is the, this is like when you really start to understand like not since star wars was there a marketing uh, yes. push exactly. a branding push like i had a batman coffee cup i yeah. had the same poster of just the batmobile I wanted the shirt that just had the Batman logo on it.
1: Just black and yellow. I mean, whoever had black T-shirts that year, just they retired.
0: I mean, it was, I just remember the hype behind it. And I've told the story on the podcast a few times, so I'll keep it very brief. My parents did not take us to the movies very often. In fact, if I remember correctly, it was like a once or twice a year occurrence. That was my birthday present every year, though, was we would go to the movies and I remember... Uh, 87 it was Inner Space that I saw in, for oh my man. birthday. Beetle, Schulte, Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. It, I rewatched Inner Space it. not too long ago. It holds up. It does hold it, it's up. Special yeah. effects are great in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 88 was Beetlejuice. And I think 89, if I remember, I think 89 was, it was either Back to the Future 2 or Ghostbusters 2. I think it was Ghostbusters 2 oh, that was yeah. my my birthday movie. Ghostbusters. So I had exhausted my birthday movie by the time Batman was coming out, and I didn't think I was going to make it to the theater. But my parents uh, very graciously went on a date night in downtown Halifax, where I'm from, and brought my brother and myself.
1: That's awesome. They were
0: going to take us to a movie. They were were going to dinner, and then they were going to drop us off at a movie theater, and we were going to see the Batman movie. I'm 11. My brother is – he's – almost 13. He's not 13. So they give us money for the movie. We go to the box office. say two for Batman. And the the lady taking the tickets looks looks down on us. Sorry. And says, "How old are you?" And I'm like, "I'm 11." My brother's like, "I'm 12." And she's like, "You're not coming in." <laughs> this movie is in Canada the rating system in Canada was like 14 and up. Well, was it? This was rated R, wasn't it? Oh, no, no. The the PG-13? The, the, PG-13. Okay. Yeah, but but the rating system in canada was like it was it was even more aggressive it was like 14 so we had to settle on honey i shrunk the kids which i've only to this day seen the one time because it just gives me such tra- you know traumatic memories of the just the utter disappointment of not being able to see batman fun conclusion to that story movies over we go out we wait for my parents my parents come in and say how was batman you, they could see how disappointed we are we were and my mom just goes well, if you guys aren't tired, let's go see Batman. And oh, then, oh, yeah, we got to awesome. see it. So, And, you know, I don't want to put a ranking system on any of these movies, but obviously there's a nostalgia
1: it's, for me on this one. Really, it, a really close place in your heart. I mean, seeing what Michael Keaton took that role from, I mean, essentially took it from Adam West to what he did with it, it's, I mean, it is a complete turnaround.
0: And it's interesting because there's two things I want to mention. First of all, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the performance by Jack Nicholson. Oh man, it was completely out of his wheelhouse, <laughs> but I say that in a really great way. Yeah. Uh, he actually took a base salary and in exchange for back end points, and yeah. made close to 60 million dollars off Ugh. of this movie because he got a piece of the merchandising and he did very well for himself so he he's he's great in the movie i mean he made the movie for a lot of people i mean th- and that's what kind of drove older audiences to go see it because jack nicholson biggest movie star in the world in the 70s yeah but watching it the other day in preparation for this conversation and and this will come become more evident when we get to batman returns is you can tell that John Peters and Peter Goober really had the clamps on Tim Burton. Now there is some Tim Burton elements there, there's some, you know, the sort of the gothic aesthetic of Gotham of Gotham City. But you can tell that they 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 had him somewhat restrained in this film.
1: I think more so in the the overall story of it than the than the feel of it. Because when you get to the, you know, the parade scene or even some of the the stuff with Alfred and and Bruce, it just – it doesn't feel like Tim Burton, but it does. It, it Like you said, it, it feels like he's been clamped down, and this is the 14th take they've done to try to get it to a, a manageable standard.
0: And, and you look at Beetlejuice, where he clearly had yeah. complete creative control over that movie. And yeah. that movie is, I think, really the film that introduces the world to – the irreverence of Tim Burton. Like, this is Tim Burton. And Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton. I mean, exactly. There are certain directors, you just, you recognize their style right away. Yeah. And Tim Burton is one of those directors. I would argue you don't see that style as much in Batman 89. Yeah. I would agree. Again, rewatching this, I realized I'm not the biggest fan of the Alexander Knox character. Really? The Robert Rule character. I found him to be a little, huh, he's not as... as affable and as funny and as charming as I remember. Huh. That's my that's my own personal opinion.
1: My re-watching of it made me realize that because I, I haven't seen it in probably I don't know, 15 years. The thing that hit me the most was, you know, I, I'm so used to the, the Christopher Nolan Batman. Watching this, Batman was ready to just give up his alter ego, his persona for Vicki Vale. Unlike Dave too yeah. just like i love you and you know you see him in the back room just trying to practice like i'm batman i'm batman and it's like whoa we just started this and you're getting ready to tell her that you're batman and it's interesting because with
0: this batman again i won't call this an origin story it's far from an no. origin story there's a flashback of what happens but we open this movie up with he's He's Batman. Yeah,
1: he's full-fledged. He's yeah.
0: full-fledged. Now, the, the the city doesn't really know about him. There's whispers of him. There's rumors of him. Yeah. But you're right. It's a little odd. It's a little perplexing that, you know, he's so Out cool. of the gates. Yeah, right. Like, well, yeah. hey, you know, we just met, but I love you and I'm Batman. I like Kim Basinger. I like her in this movie. She does really well. I, I, overall, I I love this movie. Like, I'm not going to deny that I don't love this movie. Yeah. Um and it was wildly successful. So, how much money did this end up making? It was the highest-grossing film of 1989. It grossed over 400 million dollars, which is a ton in of the, 89. Yeah. Wow. By comparison, I think Black Widow grossed 400 million wow. worldwide. It, you know, so I don't. I mean, I don't think some of the Nolan movies grossed that much. Oh well, in I the know, 2000s, I, I know the the Batman. The uh, Batman begins right around that number. Yeah. Right around the number, of course, Dark Knight. I mean, but I mean, Dark Might is close to two billion dollars. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a huge hit. So, it's a massive movie. Everybody loves it. I, you mentioned you saw it two or three times in the theater. I saw it the one time and then had to wait for home video. Oh, yeah. And home video did not come out until December for the Christmas <laughs> rush. Yep. Uh, but I do remember that was a Christmas present that I got.
1: And uh, yeah, I mean, I remember the VHS, I mean, the cover yes. of it and every- <laughs> Just the symbol. Just the symbol. Just the symbol. That was it, <laughs> the soundtrack.
0: How do yeah. we not how do we not talk about I the mean, two soundtracks, Prince. the musical score and and the actual soundtrack? You had yeah, Danny Elfman doing the, the an incredible score yeah. and then Prince doing an
1: incredible soundtrack. And uh, Prince was in this, right? Uh, he may have a cameo, but I, did, I don't know if I picked I up on I it or, couldn't or not. I remember if he was in it or not. But I mean, just the the overall fa- I mean, just watching Jack Nicholson dance to Prince on that parade scene. with yes. like this, you know, scepter just. Yeah, he's doing it to the song Trust. Yeah. And then there's a, when
0: they're in the museum, it's, it's Party Man. Yep. But I remember they released the Bat Dance video, music video for Prince's Bat Dance, which is really arguably, and listeners might disagree with me, but it's arguably the weakest of the Prince songs. I can't remember that one. Yeah. Google it. I mean, put it on YouTube. Just watch it. It's, it's a bizarre video. It's a bizarre song. So, movie's massive, massive hit. So, what are you going to do? Well, Three years later, you're going to make a sequel. Now, what does Tim Burton do in between Batman 89 and Batman Returns? He goes back to being full on Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Burton. Edward Scissor's hands. Yeah.
1: I got to be honest. I have only seen that movie one time and I did actually see it in the theaters. Again, I was probably, what, 12? Um, I remember just thinking like, this is weird. And I have not seen it since. I'm right there with you this is a very it's weird i uh,
0: maybe because i think it was 90 or 91 when that film came out i didn't see it in the theater because i remember it didn't interest me like 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 i remember i was like i,
1: I just I remember like, it was tim Bur- like i remember telling my mom yeah. like this is the guy who does batman like we got to go see this
0: i i have faint memories of the film and i know right now there's people just screaming at us what do you mean you haven't seen Edward Scissor? Yeah. It's been—I guess in my case—it's been thirty-plus years since I've seen Edward. I, I have faint <laughs> memories that Vincent Price is in the movie, um, that Winona Ryder, Johnny Depp, of course, is playing Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, uh, there's a great Seinfeld parody. I mean, there's a great Seinfeld <laughs> moment where the two
1: barbers are so, yeah. <laughs> so enamored with Edward Scissorhands. I don't have anything bad to say, but I just remember think i just remember watching it and as a child, you know, a, a kid just going, "Man, that's weird." But. You know, I thought the same thing about The Nightmare Before Christmas, and I love that now.
0: I think I need to rewatch Edward Scissorhands. I yeah. Think, I think it's...
1: Yeah. Might have to do a Tim Burton series.
0: Well, that's... that's Absolutely. <laughs> so, what's really interesting is, of course, Warner Brothers is going to... You know, this is a trend. You get a director does a successful Batman movie. The studio says, we want you to do another one. They say, I, I want to do my own thing, and then I'll do your Batman movie. Nolan would do the same thing. Yeah, But Tim Burton... So, he does Edward Scissorhands, and then Warner Brothers is like, okay, we have to do... You have to do a sequel, Tim Burton's. I uh, want complete creative control man, he over this movie. Got it. And I'll just start by saying that I remember the first trailers coming out for Batman Returns. It's Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and uh, I, I'm just thinking, man, this this movie looks great. This this looks like it's going to be awesome. Here comes the the movie tie-ins. And McDonald's had a massive movie (laughs) tie-in with Batman Returns, yeah, and that utterly backfired on them, like utterly backfired. Because, Jason, for those who haven't seen Batman Returns, could you speak to just uh, maybe how much darker this film is and maybe the darkest film
1: in the entire Batman franchise? Yeah, so um, you start off with a couple of parents, Pee Wee Herman. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, a, a Tim Burton favorite. Having a baby and going, you know what? Um, just not a fan of this kid.
0: Well, there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where there's where the baby. Sorry. In, yeah. It, there's it, it, a baby it, in a cage, like some type of cage crib. <laughs> and the cat walks by and the baby just takes the cat, <laughs> you know, like and, and they're they're and, and they're the copplepots pots. And they're yes. they're clearly extremely affluent. And yes. And I mean, there's very I don't even know if there's any dialogue between the parents in that film.
1: Uh, not think like I remember, but they just toss him over a bridge. Yeah. Like, well, you know, we tried. It's like the old Greek, like, let's just, you know, leave him out. He'll, he'll be eaten by wolves. It's fine. Just toss him in a river. And I remember that opening because I, I saw that in the theater. I'm like, can you do that? Can you just throw your kid in the river? The opening, huh. the opening credits of this movie are
0: Danny Elfman's theme following this baby carriage. Yeah floating
1: down the river and then into a tunnel system yeah which you know of course um in gotham there's always penguins in the the sewer system of course so we he gets uh rescued by penguins i recall (laughs) because i my my sister took me to see
0: this movie so this was 92 my sister took me to see this movie and i remember not having like the most positive reaction to the film at the time when i saw it no and re-watching it for this conversation I kind of still feel the same way. Like, there's
1: interesting performances in the film, but it... It totally skewed my opinion of Danny DeVito up until It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like, I hated him just because of that movie up until he took on that role. Well, this... I mean, this is
0: Tim Burton allowed to be Tim Burton. Yeah. And he, and, and you talked about... You asked me if the original movie was rated R, and I said, no. This movie borderlines on some R-rated material. Like, yeah. it's pretty brutal yeah. in, in some scenes. But I remember there wasn't enough Batman in
1: the movie. There was not enough Batman. There actually, for once, there was not enough Christopher Walken in this movie. There was not enough Christopher Walken. (laughs) This was almost Michelle Pfeiffer's story. This was almost Selena Kyle's story. It should have been a a Catwoman origin. And Michelle Pfeiffer at the time was just, not that she's not just a drop-dead gorgeous actress right now. This was her heyday and in tight black leather. I will admit she she pulled it, it off. She oh, pulled off the look. Man. Like I
0: I remember being very like, "Oh, she's amazing." Like yeah. like and so I give credit to that, but it was just a very dark movie. And I remember at the end of the movie, like towards the end of the movie, spoiler alert for 30-year-old movies everybody, <laughs> there's a scene where, you know, Selena Kyle, she's Batman trying to trying to get to her, he's trying to reach her and he just Easily tears off the top of his mask. I mean, t- tears off the mask well, the like suit. it's Plato. Like, I was like, I was like, what's your suit made out of, man? You just ripped <laughs> that off like it was nothing. I mean, yeah. you, it was bulletproof <laughs> in the first one. Like, what is it made of? So,
1: I don't know. How long has it been since you've seen that film? I just rewatched you it re-watched, like okay. two weeks ago. Yeah, um, it doesn't. Uh, there was no revelation where I went, oh well, I missed all of this. Yeah, it was. It was a really sad follow-up sequel yeah it was dark it was grimy Um, it was yeah it was in the if you're gonna rank it well we can probably rank this later but it didn't it didn't hold a candle to the first one however
0: when we get to the next movie
1: oh boy all right so let's set the stage let's set the (laughs) stage all right
0: so we've had two batman movies and make no mistake batman returns was a financially successful successful movie. Yes. It it, uh, it was. But by this point Tim Burton's out. You know, he's not doing another one. Uh it's time to bring on oof, Joel Schumacher. Time to bring on Joel Schumacher. Who let's yeah. what has Joel Schumacher done just offhand leading up to this movie? He has done and I'm just thinking out loud. I don't have notes in front of me. He's done Saint Almost Fire, he's done The Lost Boys, he's done Flatliners. Flatliners. Which is good. Flatliners yeah. is an interesting movie. Saint Almost Fire is fine. Uh, Lost Boys
1: is amazing. Love that movie. But if you're doing a superhero movie, you don't look at that and go, all right, well, he's got the horror comedy genre down. Let's move him into this sphere.
0: When you look at Flatliners and you look at Lost Boys, those are dark. Those are good movies. Like, Oh, yeah. When I hear that Joel Schumacher is going to do a Batman movie... I'm thinking, oh, man, oh, well, that's a nice passing of the torch from Burton to Schumacher. Yeah. So I, I, it perplexes me. <laughs> this really wasn't a Batman movie. This was a Jim Carrey movie.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way I view it is the first two were movies based off of comic books. This was a comic book movie.
0: This was a movie trying to be a comic book. I think yeah. that, you know, that you can tell from the color palette, the color scheme and everything. But but look at the run that Jim <clears throat> Carrey's on, all right? So just a year later, I mean, a year before, he he's in three movies released in this order. You have Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, and The Mask, all released in 1994.
1: And he made what? Well, four
0: billion dollars. <laughs> he so he he, I mean, he was paid very little for Dumb and Dumber. He paid very little for, like these were movies that were like Dumb and Dumber was actually made before Ace Ventura. Was it really? But the success of Ace Ventura, they re, they went ahead I and, and really fast know tracked that. and released the movie. So he was okay. paid practically next to nothing for both of those roles. <laughs> the Mask he starts to see a good paycheck, but ninety five. This is when he start comm- starts to command twenty million dollars a picture,
1: which is nuts which at that is, time.
0: Ace Ventura when nature calls. And of course, Batman. And of course, the year the year after that, he'll get twenty million for the cable guy as well. So he makes maybe eighty million in a two to three year period, which That's is nuts. just nuts. But this is this movie is it's it's a it's a Jim Carrey movie. I mean, people yes, you have to think about. Well, who was Batman in Batman Forever? People have to actually
1: look up for a moment. Like uh, that was Val Kilmer. Yeah, and this this is the one that I, I remember watching it and going. Is Batman a scientist? Like, he's a... Wait, he's a detective. He's a crime fighter. He's a scientist and a philanthropist billionaire. Like, who 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 am I watching here? So when I see Val Kilmer in that role, to me, this is the worst Batman movie. Oh, that's interesting you say that. That's um, interesting. And I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the exact moment I realized it was the worst Batman movie is when Nicole Kidman tells... Val Kilmer as Batman, that she can't be with him because she wants to be with Bruce Wayne. And he immediately turns around and just right in front of the camera does this like middle school grin. Just, I mean, you can't see me doing it, but just, and I just went, oh my God, really? Well,
0: I saw this movie in Times Square, in New York City. I was up there with a trip. My mom and I were on a seven day trip to New York and. We saw it on a Tuesday night. The movie had been out already, and I saw it at a movie theater in Times Square. And like I remember, like an hour into this movie, I think I was seventeen at the time. I'm like, I just want to go. Like, <laughs> I, I am not enjoying this at all. Yep. And and so much so, so much so that two years later, when Joel Schumacher would go, well, I'll say this: when you look at Batman Forever versus Batman and Robin. With Batman Forever, I think he's still trying to straddle a line between campiness and serious tone. Yeah, when you get to Batman and Robin, he's just all out. Oh, it's, like we're we're going back
1: to the Adam West days,
0: practically. Yeah,
1: I mean it is. This this sets the stage for that, and I, I don't know where. I would really love to find out when he looked at Batman Returns. You know, how Joel Schumacher just went, okay, here's the direction we're now going to take it. And it, it had to have been just going back to the comic book version of it that not not the cur- – what at that time would have been the current comic book version but what maybe he was familiar with because it ju- it misses the mark so bad. I mean, woof. I mean, both
0: of those movies are as revered as uh, – or revere- reviled as – you know the Star Wars prequels like they're 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 in the same discussion as people just like scratching their head like what are we doing like I didn't see Batman and Robin in the theater I had zero interest I don't think I saw the movie to like 4 or 5 I, years after it came out I had zero interest in seeing the movie The Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze the trailer was full of those puns that he was doing I was yeah. like, I can't
1: be a part of this you loud I, I mean, can't
0: do this I can't So be a part I of I this. will
1: say I and I was thinking back on it I am pretty certain I I have seen every Batman movie in the theater except for the Zack Snyder version, every single one of them. And these two were the absolute worst. The only constant and the only thing you know that I will say is Alfred across all four of these yeah. is the same, holds his own, keeps this – who he was at the beginning, he maintains it through – through the end. Well, there's an interesting thing you bring up, brought up, and I
0: didn't think about it until right now, because you're talking about characters throughout those first four films. Because they're supposed to, I guess, Alfred is playing the same character, so they're arguably it's set in the same universe. <laughs>
1: it has to be. Is yeah.
0: the fact that you have Billy D. Williams playing Harvey Dent in the first two movies, which tells me, and again, there's people listening going, I can't believe you don't know this, that there was, in the third film, Burton was going to direct... Harvey Dent was going to be. I mean, Billy D. Williams was going to become Two Face, but obviously, as we all know, Tommy Lee Jones, in a questionable role, uh, is playing Harvey Dent, aka Two Face. That was in a paycheck. Bat- yeah. That was. Oh yeah, that was, a, that was a paycheck. This guy is coming off of just winning an Academy Award for The Fugitive. Yeah, The Fugitive, and he goes. I mean, this was. I mean, this had to have been paycheck well,
1: movie. The crazy thing is, he's got such gravitas, and he tries to bring it to that role. And just, I mean, I don't know if he knew he was overplaying it, but I just, I watch that and I, I cringe for him. Like this yeah. is not, this is not you. What are you doing?
0: Batman and Robin is a colossal failure, both critically and financially, and it basically derails. Like a lot of people were saying, this is the end of comic book films. Yeah. Now this gets revived, uh, starting I think in 2000 with the release of X Men. All right, 2002, early 2002, you get Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Yeah. You're starting to get So you're basically, you're getting Spider Man, you're getting X Men movies, you're getting a Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck, Whew. an Electra <laughs> movie. Oh, uh, uh, we don't need to go there. But they're not, it's not every movie coming out, is it yeah. not? And, and it's clear when you watch Spider Man, it wasn't a, a planned franchise, it was a successful movie, and they made Spider Man 2, which a lot of people will say is one of the great comic book films of all time.
1: No, and I I actually um, outside of spider-man I would argue George Clooney did an okay job as Batman I think of course the story wasn't there but he did a better job of it than Val Kilmer he didn't do a better job of it than um, Michael Keaton but he he had that almost tortured persona that uh, you know you could you could almost feel through all of the rest of the garbage um, I actually I, I didn't mind George Clooney in that one I always say this, you know. I uh, I don't see any of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, that's great. I always say, I'm, like, I am so like, how do I say that? And I didn't mean that in the wrong way. No, this no, just, just like I'm. As I try saying, to
1: look for you. Got to Got to find a, gotta a find pearl good in there. there. I'm, I'm
0: going. <laughs> I don't see that. But oh, it's okay. If you do, that's that's yeah. totally that's totally okay. You yeah, know what? Who else is in the movie? You had you had Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. You had uh, you had the character. Oh. The first on-screen uh, iteration of Bane
1: is, yes. in, is uh, in is in Batman and Robin. Yeah, the movie itself was just garbage. But the, I, I would say not so much the scenes of George George Clooney as Batman, but of George Clooney as Bruce Wayne. I
0: will, Jason. I will concede that. I will say yes. The, there are some emotional elements between yeah. him and a dying Alfred, or a, yeah, or a sick. Yeah, yeah. I, that. Yes, I agree with you. If we're looking for the good in this movie, he pulls that off way better than Val Kilmer. Yes. Absolutely. But this movie kills it the Batman franchise. Sucked. It is awful. Yeah. And like I talked about, so we start to see whispers of the comic book film starting to return. X-Men is successful. Spider-Man's very successful. Spider-Man yeah. 2 is even more successful. X-Men 2. X-Men the Last Stand. You know, it's you know, that's the, that, those are your franchises that are coming out. Daredevil, they tried, it didn't work. And then in 2005, I remember seeing the the trailer for Batman Begins, and I'm going to be honest with you, watching that trailer probably, the movie came out uh, June of 2005, so I'm watching whatever movie in late 2004, early 2005, and I'm rolling my eyes. Really? That is, that's how much, (laughs) that is how much I was done with the Batman franchise after Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. I was just like I I can't even again. to and, and and I I want to say this. I wasn't a fan of the X-Men movies and I the Spider-Man movies for me
1: were okay. Like I'm already starting to get that jaded I don't yeah. care anymore I, I, attitude. So, so I I like Spider-Man the, the original Spider-Man. I like the original X-Men just because it, you know, it was something something new that they were bringing out to the market. But when I heard Christopher Nolan was attached to Batman Begins, that's when I just went, I had that that same feeling people probably had with Michael Keaton. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Like the guy from Memento is going to do Batman. But I love Memento. Like Memento is one of my all time favorites. I just went, there's no way he's going to pull this off.
0: I am, I'll be in the, the, the minority camp to say that I saw Memento when it came out and I was like, yeah, that's great. Now, or rewatching it yeah. rewatching a couple years later. Uh-huh. A couple years ago, we we're watching Memento. It's incredible. Yeah. Incredible. At the time I don't even think I was I was like, it is what it is. I really liked Insomnia. Yes. That's a great movie. But that is probably the most mainstream down the line Nolan film that he's ever made.
1: Yes. Uh and you wonder how like how did you talk people into letting you do this? Yeah. it's incredible. And he, yeah, and then he did. And I, I I don't know. I mean, if you know what the budget was to start off with, Batman Begins. Oh, it was one hundred
0: and fifty million dollars. One
1: hundred and fifty million dollars. I mean, this
0: was massive. Now, now here is the thing: like Warner Brothers kind of had a "what do we have to lose" attitude with the with the franchise. Uh, Insomnia w- made money; like it was a successful movie. This was back when you could release this is an R rated movie, really good movie. towards adults, and it made a lot of money. It did yeah. well. I mean, it wasn't the super blockbuster, but I mean, it had Al Pacino in it, it had Robin Williams, it, it had um, Hillary Swank. I mean, she was. She was huge back then. Boys Don't Cry. This is right right around the time she does Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. She was she was doing really well. But I'll admit like bringing up this whole Nolan aspect of Batman Begins is I didn't really correlate that he was even the director of the film. Like yeah. I, that's how much I was
1: I just, Well, that's how that's how bad the 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 last Batman was. Yeah. I mean, it just everybody just went, "Oh god." Damn it! Another Batman movie. Yep, that was me. Come on! I'll
0: openly admit it. That Just was
1: that was me. Put the last nail in the coffin.
0: And I I didn't even see it the weekend it came out. Really? I think I saw it. I th- it must have been the second weekend because I th- I feel like a couple friends of mine were like, "Yeah, that Batman movie is actually pretty good. You yeah. should watch." And I think I had saw. I think I was still going to the movies every weekend. I think the weekend it came out, War of the Worlds was had already been out, and I was watching War of the Worlds. I remember I, I watched the movie, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, wait a second. Like, holy shit. I'm like, really? wait a second. No, this isn't just a good Batman movie. This is a good movie. I'm like, this is, wait a second. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this movie completely diluted all of the other comic book films that had come out in the 2000s. Yeah. All of a sudden... Like the X-Men movies, the Spider-Man movies, the Daredevil movie. uh, All of a sudden, they were, to me, lesser products.
1: Yes. Overnight. Overnight. I mean, I remember thinking how – I remember going to see Spider-Man and just thinking, this is revolutionary. Like, this is an amazing comic book movie. And then seeing Batman Begins and going, all that other stuff is just garbage. Yeah. Like, this, this is what a comic book movie is about. This is a superhero movie right here. Like, we finally got one.
0: What you have is compelling characters laced throughout the movie. Everybody is an interesting, compelling character. Everyone's got some type of charisma, either good charisma or bad charisma. They've got charisma. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got Lee Nielsen in it. You have Katie Holmes. For one. For one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Christian Bale, Killian Murphy playing, you know, the
1: Scarecrow. Like. I mean Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh, and his, yeah. I mean, Michael Caine... So, Cillian Murphy was in all three of them. Yep. Um, one of the few. Michael Caine in all three of them. Morgan, Morgan uh, Freeman. Morgan, Morgan yeah. Freeman. I was going to say Morgan Fox. His name was <laughs> Lucius Fox in the movie. Yeah. But no, I remember, I remember reading a, an interview with, um, with Christopher Nolan saying that his inspiration for the trilogy was A Tale of Two Cities and I have. I mean, I'm, I probably need to go back and reread a tale of two cities.
0: But that was his inspiration for the first movie, or for the entire for the trail, entire, trilogy. For the entire
1: trilogy, because this
0: this movie there was no guaranteed sequel. No, there was no. I mean, he put that stinger scene with the the Joker playing card at the end, just as a quick wink and nod to the audience, like, like you know it's coming. And the movie was successful. It made money, but it wasn't this rocket ship. Oh yeah. It wasn't a
1: billion dollar. No, it, Spider-Man. It,
0: it, it, you know, it had, it Spider-Man two had far outdone this movie box office wise. Yeah. But man, was I pumped. Yeah. And was I all of a sudden, who's this Christopher Nolan guy? Yeah. I'm going to start paying attention to what this guy does. And Warner brothers wants a sequel. He says, well, I'll give you I'll do another one, but I want to make my next movie. I want to make my prestige movie. It's called the prestige.
1: So, which I, you know, a lot of people hated that. I actually really liked it. Love, like it, love
0: it. Here's 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 my thing. Here's my thing. Here's my here's my my two cents on the Prestige. Looks great. Good performances. Good actors. Very believable as far as the time setting. I just did. It didn't grab me. But I respect it because if Nolan can do things in camera, he will do them in camera. Yeah. And so there's not. It's not a super CGI heavy movie. I mean, obviously there's some CGI, but. But it was—I think it was more of a character study than. But
1: it's also, it's also one of those that hits like at the same time as the Illusionist came out. Yes, it was one of those year, like yeah. you know the Can Armageddon he, and uh, uh, Deep Impact, Deep Impact, Volcano, like, and Dante's <laughs> Peak. Yeah, it's like uh, one of those that just comes along and you just go, ah, which one was
0: that? What one was, was it? Christian what Was Bale? it Olympus
1: is falling, White House down? <laughs> yeah. Like there's a
0: there's a list of these yeah. movies. I I like I mean I respect the prestige. It's I, not my go-to
1: Nolan movie. Yeah. But it puts together Christian Bale and Michael Caine yep. again. It's good. It's good. You, yeah. you get that Christopher Nolan um, eh. feel to it. Well, this is
0: where all of us – okay, so that's interesting because we talked about how Insomnia was sort of his most mainstream, straight-down-the-line crime thriller. Uh, Memento, of course, is – this is him playing with time. You know, more so than he does almost in any movie. I mean, I know in Tenet he's reversing time, but he's I mean, it's it's an interesting Memento is an interesting film. But with the prestige, all of a sudden you're getting an art house director, a really good independent film director with the biggest budgets in the world to work with. And that is kind of putting the Batman movies aside. That is going to become a theme for every single Nolan film from this point on. Yeah. So that's going to bring us to 2008, and that is...
1: The Dark Knight. The buzz for this movie was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I think unbelievable before Heath Ledger and his overdose.
0: There was a lot of talk about, you know, when they announced that Heath Ledger was going to play the Joker.
1: People were outraged. They were oh, so upset. The guy from A Knight's Tale is going to I do... I know, know. Ten Things I Hate About You. I Hate About You. I mean, really? Him?
0: And then, you know, I'm going, you know, he's really good at Monster's Ball, yeah. you know, or Brokeback Mountain's an excellent movie. He's
1: really good in that Brokeback film. Brokeback Mountain's still one of my fa- I mean, just...
0: Just a great, great movie. Yeah. He's really good actor, but but the Joker
1: calls for such an, uh, you know, over-the-top... The only thing you can compare it to is Jack Nicholson. Yeah. That's it. Like, you've got Jack Nicholson, and you're going to put Heath Ledger to take over that mantle? Really? nobody was buying it. No. Nobody was. Buying I remember it. thinking the same thing I'm like this is just horse shit. Like I got to I got to watch this movie now with with Heath Ledger in it. We didn't have trust in Nolan yet. Yeah. We didn't have obviously now they just announced Oppenheimer,
0: the new Christopher Nolan film and the, the cast looks incredible and we're all like all right, I'm I'm in. Sold. Sold. Yep. Yeah. So so uh of course. And then, you know, weeks before the movie or a month before the movie is supposed to come out, you know, Heath Ledger dies of an overdose. Yeah. And then the first trailers start to come out. Yeah. And then what they do is they release the, the, the opening six minutes of the movie as an extended trailer. And all of a sudden people are like, wait a second. You start to see these trailers and everyone's like, we were way wrong. Yeah. We were so wrong.
1: I I don't think that him passing away affected how i felt about his performance but what he did in that movie was probably one of the best performances i've ever seen yeah i mean every single mannerism every tick every movement the way he spoke the cadence all of it was just phenomenal i'm gonna make a bold statement here
0: but he overshadowed the rest of the movie yes and and that's not a knock on the movie because i love the film but i remember seeing it opening day in the theater yep. and when's when's the joker coming back when are we going to get more of his performance like it's it's arguably um it's well obviously he won an academy award posthumously for for that performance but it was uh like for me like i
1: wanted more joker it was the entire movie i mean just and i think he described himself as an agent of chaos and everything he did it didn't it didn't feel scripted. It felt like he was the Joker just acting on screen.
0: And the thing that really stands out about The Dark Knight, uh, more so than Batman Begins, is it is grounded in even more reality than Batman Begins. Yeah. There's the monorail in Batman Begins, and there's a lot of CGI there and all that stuff. Nolan is going as practical as he can and capturing as much as he can in camera. And there's not a sense of, well, that could never happen. Yeah. You know, they're they're, they're grounded <sighs> in uh, the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, I think, are grounded in a well, – there are some issues with the Dark Knight Rises. But they're, they're much more grounded in a reality.
1: It, it's not like that's we're a watching a Marvel
0: movie. Yeah. I
1: mean, that's a great point is, you know, even in this DC universe where, you know, you move into the Zack Snyder portion of it where you've got Cyborg and Spider-Superman. There's nothing supernatural here. You know, they don't get into the whole in the original Batman. Yeah. The Joker, Jack Nicholson falls in the vat of acid and yeah. all of a sudden becomes the Joker. You don't get that origin for, for Heath Ledger's Batman or excuse me, Joker. You just get this, this story of madness and there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no supernatural, you know, deity, you know, uh, there, there, there's there's nothing Marvel-wise that just corrupts the story. Exactly.
0: And that's why, to me, it still stands above the rest. Yes. Even to this day. And mm. we're talking 14 years. Like, God, has it been 14 years? Yeah. It seems like it was just a year or two ago that I saw that. In the really, theater. Uh, I feel old now. <laughs> so, we don't have to talk about how successful that movie was. No, it was, no. it was yeah. the highest grossing movie of 2008. And that, by the way, is of note because that is the same year that not one, but two Marvel movies did come out that year. Uh, <clears throat> of course, Iron Man kicked it off. And then there's the often forgotten Edward Norton the Hulk. Yes. Which Marvel wants you to forget, but that was also... Because Marvel, was, they did two movies a year, every year, all the way through 2019. Well, up yeah. to 2019. But I remember, I think Iron Man came out before The Dark Knight. Did it? I think it did. It. Or, but they r- were still in a very the, similar the, the, vein. The, yeah. But I remember just going, and that it was the Dark Knight said, so I, I can't get on this Marvel train. Yeah. I can't get on the Marvel train. Not at all. But,
1: you know, the other thing about the Dark Knight, too, is there was so much blowback. And I think possibly because of, you know, Heath Ledger's passing, um, that was the one year that Christopher Nolan and the Dark Knight did not get nominated for Best Director and Best Motion Picture. And they expanded – Best motion picture that year to ten films yep. instead of five. Presumably yep. because of that blowback, but even still, I mean, just the weight of that performance and that movie, you know, changed motion picture awards history. There's a lot of
0: people up in arms that Spider Man No Way Home wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Uh, really? I'm not
1: making any noise about that. I love that. I mean, I we talked about this before. I really like that movie. Yeah. It's not best picture. Of the, it's it's best feel-good picture of yeah, the year. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a people choi- People's Choice <laughs> people's Award. People's Choice Award. Sure, of sure. course. Yeah. You want to give award for
0: the highest grossing of the year? You it, want it. Absolutely. You got it. There's, yeah. your,
1: there's your Oscar. Yeah. Most likely to purchase in the next six months. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so once again, now, now, the, now there's an issue at hand, of course, is that by the time production starts on The Dark Knight, Nolan knows he's making two movies. Yep. He, like th- It's not a question anymore. Like, we're going to make you know, the Joker is going to be a prominent character in the third Batman film. Of course, that all goes to shit when, when Heath Ledger passes away. The Dark Knight grosses close to two billion dollars. Like, Ooh. it's such a gigantic hit. And it was one I saw multiple times in the theater. Warner Brothers wants a sequel. Nolan says, I will do a sequel, but you got to You got to fund my 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 next next project, which uh, was another ridiculously successful movie, and that would be 2010's Inception. Yep, uh, which made it made like 900 million dollars. Which for again for a original story, not an IP, didn't hurt that Leonardo DiCaprio was the star of the movie. uh, But it was enough,
1: you know, to and another one to keep Michael Caine working. Yep, no, absolutely. (laughs) Then we get to 2012. We're gonna get to the Dark Knight Rises. Okay. I'm curious your thoughts on it.
0: So. All right. So my thoughts on the dark Knight rises, I'll tell you this. All right. (laughs) I saw it three times in the same weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Twice in the same day. Okay. To me, that is the shortest two hour and 45 minute movie I've ever watched because I was so invested in the film and I understand there are some serious plot holes in the movie. And this is going to sound even crazier. But if I could only watch one of the Nolan trilogy movies, I would probably pick The Dark Knight Rises. I love the character of Bane. I love that Batman is older and he's defeated and he's fallen apart. And I know, listen, I'm going to reiterate, <laughs> I know there are some issues with the movie. And I get there are some continuity issues and some time, time
1: shifting issues. But uh, I I love the movie. Absolutely love it. Overall, out of the Chris Nolan movies, it's my favorite. It's your favorite. It is my favorite. You see? Um, I was making that argument too. (laughs) Um, It ties together everything so well. You know, all of the, you know, going back to that whole A Tale of Two Cities, it just, all of the, all of the motifs in that, all of the, you know the the overall the the background of tale of two cities is is there it's redemption it's resurrection it's i mean just you know he falls into a cave in the beginning of you know batman begins and he's got to climb out of a cave at the end of you know dark knight rises i mean just everything in that movie ties together so well it is uh the unofficial names for the for the three
0: films are fear, chaos and pain. Mm. Those are the unofficial names. Fear yeah. for Batman Begins, chaos for The Dark Knight and pain for for The Dark Knight Rises. And you know, it is again, it it's a movie that speaking of The Dark Knight Rises that looks at the haves and haves nots and and really explores that and what happens like, you know, when Bane has the nuclear weapon in, and yeah. in nuclear bomb in, in Gotham and, you know, the the elites can't do anything and
1: they're overrun and it's very – Which is literally part of the whole thing in A Tale of Two Cities. It's just yeah. class struggles, you know, revolution. You look at, you know, what, what was going on back then versus what they did in Gotham and it's – I mean, the parallels between all of it is – Yeah. I mean – Awesome. So I don't think we much much
0: to say. I mean, it was also an extremely successful uh, movie. Made a ton of money. Not as revered as The Dark Knight. I don't
1: Knight. know why. I, I, I really don't get it. I get taken to task all the time when people say, what do you think of The Dark Knight Rises? I'm like, I fucking love it. I it's- mean, at, at the end of it, Christian Bale gets what he wants. He sacrifices himself for the city. Alfred gets what he wants. The city gets what it wants.
0: It has an ending. It has an ending. And this was before I realized how much I... Like the Marvel movies are never ending. Yeah. I remember sitting in the theater the first time watching that movie, and he is flying out the nuclear bomb out to sea. And in all indications, he is sacrificing himself. And I'm sitting there just saying to myself, Nolan did it. He did it. He yeah. did it. Holy shit. This is how you end a story. Now, was I happy with the little flash? No, I, no. I could have done without that. If, I, if he, I
1: I would have preferred it. If he would could have sacrificed no one... himself, there's your movie. Yeah. There's your story. So the the end of it, when Commissioner Gordon is reading his eulogy at the, the grave, he says, It is a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. And it is a far, far better rest that I go to than I have ever known. Which, that's where they should have ended. Which yep. is an exact quote from A Tale of Two Tale Cities. Of says, yep. And if he had ended it right there, I agree with you. Like, I you don't f- feel good of, ah, oh, he made it, but... I'm okay with him sacrificing himself for what he believed in. You
0: don't need the Joseph Gordon Levitt Batman Robin connection. I don't think you need that either. I'm good without that. I you know, like I,
1: I, I. it was assumed. Yeah. It was assumed and
0: I, I liked and I and, and you know, I thought Anne Hathaway was terrific yeah. as, as Selena Kyle. Yeah. I thought she was great. She yeah. was she was double crossing and double crossing and then
1: all of a sudden finally she But to, I mean Tom Hardy. Oh, I mean come on. I mean I, I I appreciate it just for the memes that has been generated yeah. from the – I'll say, I'll say – I mean, come on. That Bane
0: got more into the pop culture zeitgeist than Heath Ledger's The Joker did. More people were doing Bane okay. impressions. There was more Bane yeah. memes. Like I just – that was a character that was physically scary. Like yeah. this is a guy that – and he was – but he had. But to, he, he wasn't.
1: Was, he didn't look like that Bane from. What was it Superman? Batman and Robin. Uh, Batman and Robin. No, he didn't no, look like that. No, he just. Just disfigured supernatural. It was. It looked human, just. And you. it, it was
0: it, the accent that he spoke with. Yeah. And, and you could tell he was ridiculously intelligent. Yeah, and the awesome. way he held his collar. Oh, I mean, yeah. Just, when he, whenever he was walking, yeah, just holding just his collar. Felt oh, like was, a general. Just a badass. <laughs> In fact. He kind of had an unceremonial he death really in the film. Did, it was yeah. Anna, Catwoman just comes just, in, and just gonna blows him away. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to note that in 2012, while watching this movie three times in one weekend, <laughs> I saw the same three trail. I saw the same set of trailers three times in a row, and that was when you got the first teaser trailer for. Man of Steel, which was set to come out in July of 2013, and they plastered Christopher Nolan's name all over that trailer. In fact, I didn't even realize it was a Zack Snyder movie <laughs> until like a few months later when I started looking into it. It's just like Christopher Nolan presents, written by Jonathan Nolan. Chris, I mean, it was yeah. all like they wanted you to know that the Batman thing we're might continuing be continuing on. But we're going to continue on. Yeah, I was pumped. I was pumped for Man of Steel. I was so excited for this film because because I had just seen. Two out of three movies that were so hyper-grounded in reality, and so everything was believable, that I was like, wow, we're going to see a real gritty, raw Superman movie. And Jason, I will tell you this, this is where some listeners may just tune out for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) I knew within the first five minutes of this movie I had made a terrible mistake. Yeah. As this I'm like what are we doing? Like like this whole opening on uh, Krypton. I'm like
1: what what am I watching? <laughs> so I am I'm, I'm with you. Um I I wish I knew who to blame for it. Who? Oh, i you to blame. <laughs> I mean Zack Snyder, but at the same time um Henry Cavill when he is in his element You know, especially in the later versions of it, the Superman he plays is good. This one was not. I mean, when I'm – I was rooting for the tornado to take Kevin Costner out. I'm like, (laughs) just move the story along. We know you got to die. Like, hurry up. There were flashes of this
0: movie. You know what? I'm you know doing like a post-mortem of the film because I stayed for the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Reluctantly. I've only walked out of one film. Oh, I've walked out of a few, but – i reluctantly stayed for this one doing a post-mortem of the film i think you could have chopped off the entire krypton sequence that mm-hmm. could have been just cut out and you start with young carl carl, carl- you know he's, he's going through these issues he's having yeah. these changes and that, that that was all interesting stuff yep where he could see through people like with his x-ray vision and he saves the school bus that to me was all interesting stuff yeah uh When he puts the uh, the log driver's truck, you know, puts to me, that's all interesting. Yep, I mean, like the original Superman. Yeah, like I'm I'm on board with that movie. Yeah, but it was so convoluted with so much, and I'll just say, like, shitty
1: CGI. Like (laughs) like this, like nothing held up. Like there was, I I just no. They were, I think they were hoping to play off of the Batman word of mouth and just move it. Like let's just see if we can get. Uh, you know, an entrance into the field. And then if it, you know, if we can make $200 million, let's uh, take it off from there. Well,
0: I was out at that point. I was like, I am not interested. And then, you know, the, the Warner brothers smartly took a couple years off from that project. Yeah. And then I remember I was real big on watching hall H comic con stuff on YouTube. And I watched the, uh, the Warner brothers presentation and that's when they showed that the, 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 I'll call the micro teaser of Batman v Superman. And it was just a shot of Batman in that armor with the bat signal and Superman's up in the air and, he, you know, he says, do you bleed? You will. And all of a sudden, and, and, and of bleed? course the, the crowd's going crazy. And I'm just going, what in the fuck are we doing? Like, yeah, I'm okay. like, but being somebody who has seemed to, uh, like to torture myself, I, uh, I went and saw that in the
1: theater. I did, too. Yep. And uh, convoluted might be the word Um, I'd start with. So this is another one that I actually liked Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Yes, I can give you that. But not as as Batman. He's not Batman.
0: Can we just say, look, Batman, Uh, your ears are too short. (laughs) I'll say it. Nobody else (laughs) wants to say it. Your ears are too short. (laughs) It, it's with not, Bale, Bale, there was like sensors and shit in those ears, like yeah. that. It,
1: it, it just, uh, it just, it. He, I mean, the voice It looked he like was he was, was wearing do. a tank, yeah. and I, I remember the first time I saw the suit. I'm like, how can you even walk in that thing? Let alone fight crime? And you're just, it, and there's a line
0: where, where Superman says, "If I, if I want you dead, you'd be dead already." Like I kill, I'm killing the snap of the fingers. Like, yeah. fuck, fuck off. Like, stop, stop. Like, yeah. I remember this is when when watching the trailer for this movie in the theater, I audibly said, and when it was over, I said, movie studios don't give a shit anymore. And I'll explain what I mean by that is I'm watching the trailer and I'm going, all right, well, all right, that's interesting. Then all of a sudden you see Doomsday in the trailer and then you see Wonder Woman in the trailer and then you see the three of them fighting Doomsday. So they're friends and everybody. Yeah. Is she with you? I thought she was with you. Let's fight together. And I'm like, they've literally just showed you the whole movie. That's it. They don't give a shit. You know what? They're no longer thinking, Jumping the shark. But, yeah. they're, but they're no longer thinking that the brand is enough to get you there. Like the name enough. They have to show you
1: everything. Oh, and, and that's the thing is, if you get me to care about the character, I will care what happens to them. And I don't – you could have – I mean – after Doomsday's gone, Alf could show up and they could fight yeah. Alf. Yeah, and I'd be like, "Oh shit! Like, you get, let's
0: get him." Same thing happened in—I uh, think it was the same. I'm not sure what year Civil War came out. I don't know if it was 16 or 17. It was right around that time. Yeah. Same thing happened. Trailer in the theater. What's the big reveal of that movie? Spider-Man's in it. Like, why would you? Why would you not save that for the movie? Right. You don't think? Your movies are making a billion five apiece. You don't think people would have... People would have lost their minds. Yeah. But no. No, I think no. They, they... Studios don't give a shit
1: anymore. They bank on the whole... I, I think it comes down to that last... Save Martha. Like, save Martha. Like, oh, you guys are connected? Like, no. You, that's... One of the other uh, things
0: that Batman v Superman... Or is it Superman versus Batman? I don't remember. Batman Bat, Bat v Superman. I think. Is... It, Of course, I've seen the three hour version of the film because there's a, there's a, you go on HBO Max, there's the director's cut, which just adds a lot more to the film and some things make a little bit more sense. But this movie is trying to introduce the rest of the characters Aquaman, Wonder Woman, the Flash, Cyborg. And this, it became abundantly clear that DC was, instead of taking their time, Exactly, like Marvel did. Marvel did four years of movies before say, they it, did like the Avengers.
1: Fourteen movies before Avengers. I mean, I you mean, count I, the Hulk and all I, that other. I, stuff I'm in? not a
0: Marvel expert, but from what I understand, like there was like two, two movies a year. So 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. That's like eight movies before we at got to least, the Avengers, at I mean, least at minimum. They just – yeah. Uh, and I remember, like, like this is – you guys are doing this wrong. And I'm going to save some thoughts for what I think DC is doing now. But at that time, I said, you guys are going to – I hate to keep using this language. I apologize. But you guys are going to fuck up the end game on this if you're not careful. Seriously. No pun intended. Yeah. But, like, you're you're really going in – like, you're going about this the wrong way. Okay. So, ultimately, you liked Batman v Superman more than I did. I think that's a
1: clear – Um, I didn't – I – if, I, if I'm if i Rotten Tomatoes, I'm giving it a 40%. Okay. Um, and what bothers me more than anything else is Jesse Eisenberg, who I really enjoy. And it, it, this is one of those that held up for me when they're like, he's going to be Lex Luther. I'm like, terrible choice. Yeah. Terrible choice. Love him and everything he's ever done except for this. Yep. Just, I, the, I mean, it detracted from everything else that happened. He was... <sighs> It was the way he played it. It was the role they. I mean, they gave. They asked him to be the character he was, and you know, Facebook. Yeah, here, like, take that th- th- and do that here. Mark Zuckerberg. It was literally slash Lex Luthor. Lex Z- social nerd, Lex yeah. Zuckerberg. Yeah,
0: that should have been his character's name in, <laughs> in the movie. Uh, so yeah, I was. So not yeah, not yeah, a fan. Not not a fan. Uh, not to be outdone, <laughs> however. Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder were not finished. Double because, down because only a short year later we got the well semi Zack Snyder, yeah, semi
1: Josh Whedon Justice League. Which who do you who do you, who do you so do you, I guess the the thing on that is Zack Snyder's daughter, yeah. She passed away. Yeah. She passed away, Um, uh, which which understandably he had to he leave took, the yeah. project. Totally get that. To- yeah.
0: Totally. No, I mean, I know we I kind of like downplay or, or kind of like shit on a lot of his choices thematically. I don't wish that on anyone. No. And, and I that was, think that's he,
1: tragic. He made the right call.
0: He had to go. Yeah. He had, yeah I mean, it was understandable. Like, yeah. no one's blaming him for that. No, not at all. You know, things are coming out about Josh Whedon these days that you're. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're realizing that. Yeah. He's he's. He's a character. I'll put it that way. Um, he's, he's, he's certainly in control of his sets. That's the, uh, yes. of, of his projects. Master uh, of his own. Domain. And that's me, like, just like not even want to get into it. But mm-hmm. he's, he's, he has some issues that he's, he's going to have to work out and yep. deal with. I saw, because I like to punish myself, I saw Justice League in the theater. So did I. And when the movie was over, after the second end credit sequence, <laughs> a round of applause broke out of my theater. No, and I'm sitting there in my little two seats off to the left, minding my own, and people are clapping, and I'm I'm realizing that I'm witnessing the decline of Western civilization in, in my in front of my own eyes, and somebody yells out, "Best D C movie ever!" Oh, and somebody God. else goes, "Yeah," and I couldn't help myself; I yelled out, "How quickly we forget the Dark Knight trilogy!" <laughs> <laughs> you hear somebody go, "Oh yeah, that's right." <laughs> Oof. That
1: movie's awful. It was awful. It, it's, um, it's it's disjointed. It is, it's ten pounds of crap in a five pound bag. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's such a it's ah. you, you're trying to introduce characters. Yeah, this I is mean, supposed to be the big swan song. This is supposed to be your Avengers. Yeah. So I let my son watch it because you know he he's had seen the other two and he's twelve or about to be twelve. So I just kind of wanted to you know ease him in to. You know, some of these superhero movies before he gets into the Deadpool, like, you know, rated R movies. And he watched it and he went, that was awful. I'm going, oh, if you can't even appeal to a 10 year old. And he he loves Teen Titans. I mean, yeah. Teen Titans go. Um, we're getting ready to start watching Titans on um, HBO. And I remember him just going. I said, well, I asked him about, you know, a couple months ago. I'm like, the Zack Snyder version coming out. I'm like, do you want to watch it? He's like, well, what is it? I'm like, it's the original director's version, but it's like four hours long. He's like, I don't want to see another <laughs> couple hours of that. <laughs> I'm like, I
0: don't blame you at that point, but. This is a Justice League. Look, look the bottom line is a movie like that's going to make at least make its money back. And it did worldwide.
1: And like, as far and as the, the Batman role goes in that, the entire movie is just him apologizing to Superman for causing his death. I'm like, that's not what. The Batman does. The Batman, take, he's yes, he's taking action. He's gathering the Justice League together, but the whole time he's just you know making quips and uh, it, I just didn't get it. That this is the one where Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne falls flat. Yeah, for me. did not like that version.
0: This is the this is the movie where I say, where I said. I want to, I want to make sure that I I emphasize said at the time that DC has completely lost its way, they're not going to recover from this. No. I said they're, they're, they're just not going to recover from this. This was a colossal, this entire strategy, these three movies. Now, mind you, they did Wonder Woman, which was successful and, and, you know, I didn't, it wasn't my thing. I But then they did Wonder Woman 1984, which was (laughs) right on brand with what they had been doing. That was my thing. Like I checked out. I said, all right, well, I gave it three movies. I can't I can't do this. You guys have
1: completely. And I'm sitting. This is after Suicide Squad. Yeah. Suicide Squad comes
0: out and is also a disaster. Which is just
1: I mean, that's why they peeled off Harley Quinn. I mean, just which again, I wasn't a big fan of that, but I loved I loved Harley Quinn. Yeah. I mean, so Margot
0: Robbie. But I'm out like and I'm and I'm I'm sitting here saying to anyone that will listen. Marvel wins they've won if it was a pissing match they won like they won like they did it better they had it all figured out and i was saying this a couple of years ago i said dc they just they need to stop i think differently now i feel differently now do you because not about those movies okay but about the future of dc okay. and i'll explain i think somewhere somebody whoever is the decision maker up there had a conversation with somebody who finally said whoever the decision maker was stop trying to be marvel start doing your own thing and your own thing is just make movies you've got the rights to them make them don't try to make one giant universe just start making the movies yeah all right and you can reference that they're in the same you know but don't tie each movie to each movie so all of a sudden you get the joker which, which, okay, all right. That's a hard R-rated movie I've seen one time. I don't ever want to watch again, but I'm glad I saw it. I really liked it. You get the James Gunn Suicide Squad, which is not great, but it's it's heading in the right direction. It's DC saying, "Fuck it, go
1: R-rated. We yeah. don't care." Um, you want to drown a weasel in the first five minutes? Yeah. Go for
0: it! I was so disappointed. That was the character <laughs> I was most looking forward to. Oh, he comes back, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah, he does eventually. Yeah, at the end, you get the little nod. But that yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. And then you you get the you know the Matt Reeves Batman. You get you all of a sudden you have DC saying, you know what? We can tell. We can do multiple movies using our same characters. We can tell – just like comic books, there are different iterations of Batman and Superman and all that stuff. Right. We can start doing that uh-huh. for us. Have you watched the Peacemaker show on HBO I, Max yet? I am waiting. No, it's I have not. It's so good. <laughs> Everyone it's, tells me that. They're like, it's so much better than okay. The Suicide Squad, but you kind of need to watch The Suicide Squad because it picks up – Peacemaker picks up exactly where that movie leaves off, yeah. but it's so good. <laughs> and it's all of us. it's better than – it's better than anything that they've been doing on Disney Plus as far as Marvel shows. Like, it's really it's hilarious. That's a so, big. Super R really? rated. Super R. Oh, hard R rated. Oh, oh yeah. Like okay. they're, they're, so I said they're going to we don't give a fuck mode. Nice. We're, we're going to make just just start well, making the movies.
1: That's that's what they needed. So they, you know, if and Marvel has the Kevin Feige of I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do yeah. over phase one, phase two, phase three. I mean, it's like, you know having this 50-year plan where they're saying, all right, here's exactly the movies we're going to do, here's the characters we're going to develop, and let's drop in this one in movie number four, and we'll bring yeah. them out in movie number 12. So in with the lack of that, they could have done that from Christopher Nolan's trilogy onward. Correct. But but, But now, they,
0: now they get to do what I call, now they get to improvise. And, and by that I mean joker cost 60 million dollars to make it made a billion dollars the joker did the joker cost 60 million it made a billion dollars
1: holy hell
0: the thing is what dc's got going on for them now is they can afford to do a 60 to 100 million dollar movie i i think matt reeves batman is not that i
1: think it's like a 100 million dollar movie oh hold on hold
0: on i've got i would love to know that I've, i've got to know hold on just a second
1: because I, I read that um, uh, Robert Pattinson took on a salary of $3 million for the movie. Is it back end? I'm or- um, sure. But even still, just to get the movie made.
0: I don't believe...
1: All right. For the audience listening,
0: I'm just looking this up real quick because... And I could be wrong. I could be like I was way off. Uh, all right. Well, according to Wikipedia, the budget <laughs> is between $100 and $185 million. Dollars. But for, I think I had read that it's... It's on the low end of what you'd expect a big comic book film to be. Yeah. So what what I mean by DC being able to... They're going to take more chances at that 60 to $100 million range. Yeah. Because if you're no longer locked into a long-term plan, when one of these movies really hits, then you get to branch off from that. Yeah. Instead of
1: sticking to a rigid formula. Well, and from what I've read, this the batman is scheduled to be another trilogy yeah should it work out which i I mean judging by the pre-sales on the tuesday night movie that you know we're going to it's an imax theater that's almost completely packed so on not day one day one minus four you're, I mean, you're raking 130,
0: it in. 140 IMAX showings across the country on March 1st. All of them are sold out. And we're going. And I'm yeah. very, very excited
1: about that. <laughs> and I'm excited for this film. I'm and, uh, massively excited. But, and the thing is, I know very little about this movie. And oh, we were talking about that before because yeah. where I had tried to learn nothing about Scream, I've tried to learn everything about the Batman. And I'll see. I won't, I will not. Yeah, no, I will I, not. I, divulge. I, divulge. All right. So here's, here,
0: now, by the time. You listen to this, I'll have already seen the Batman. This is going to come out the day after I've already seen the new Batman movie. This is what I know about the film. Literally, this is what I know. I know it has Robert Pattinson. Yep. I know Paul Dano plays the Riddler. I know Colin Farrell
1: Colin Farrell plays the Penguin. Yep, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman for the second time. Playing Catwoman, first time being in the Lego Batman movie. Okay, fair enough, (laughs) fair enough.
0: And then I remember what the other thing I want, other point I wanted to make when we were talking about Warner Brothers taking chances. You mentioned that this is going to be a uh, hopefully going to be a trilogy. Yep, by all accounts, this is going to be a very successful movie, and I'm sure it will be a trilogy. But that doesn't change the fact that. They've wrapped production on the Flash movie where Michael Keaton is playing Batman. Yes. That's what I mean by you can do different iterations. That's of, an
1: excellent point. Yeah. That's
0: what I mean. Like, so just take advantage of it.
1: Yeah. You don't have to wait for this movie to finish before exactly. your trailer yeah, can Yeah, Exactly, post and- exactly.
0: Now t- Todd Phillips is they've said we're gonna do a joke or Oh really? Yeah. They're like that's a, that's this That's awesome. So I'll admit when I was wrong. And in late 2017 I said DC is not going to be able to recover from this. They're gonna they f- they fucked this up to the point where I I'm I'm out and right. now I'm back in,
1: and I'm excited. Well, they hopefully they listen to people like you because I mean, the the turnaround is there. Yeah. I mean, and just yeah. just seeing if I were a DC or a you know Warner Brothers executive who's just done another reboot of The Matrix, yeah, um, which I liked. I yes, yeah. loved yeah. it. Yeah. And you're going through. All right, let's let's pull open our catalog. What can we redo? The first person in that room who goes, "Let's redo the Batman." I would imagine the needles stares that came to them would just be like, "Are you out of your? We just did the Batman. You want to do it again?" But having the balls to actually just say, "Yeah, you know what? And let's do it with the Twilight guy." Yep. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and let's do it with Matt Reeves. We want
0: to talk about people being outraged in casting. <laughs> When they announced Robert Pattinson as Batman, oh, I I I was there. I was like I was like that makes perfect sense. What? I was the one going. No, no way. No, I was. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Sparkle said,
1: Vampire is going to oh, be Batman. I said. I've
0: seen Tenant. I've seen. But then, yeah. yeah. I, I said, you know what? I've seen Robert Pattinson enough of his indie work that he's done. Yeah. I said. I said uh, it was the first time where I didn't even question. I was like,
1: that makes perfect sense, and I'm all in. I I, I questioned it, but but it was announced in what 2019. Yeah,
0: I, I mean this thing, and then
1: Tenant came out. What?
0: Ted, it came out in August of 2020. Yeah. I know because I'm the only one in America that saw it in the I theater. Saw it in the theater. You saw, okay. We're yeah. the only two in America yeah. that saw it when it was in the theater in 2020. <laughs> I, I think there
1: were three other people in the theater. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, uh, real quick before we wrap up, we didn't touch on it, but uh, I will just briefly say that when Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut came out on HBO Max, I. I made it through like thirty minutes. I was like, really? I, "I can't do this.
1: This, this is so." Um, look at that. I actually this is still whispers of what I didn't like about. I got to be honest. I it wasn't that I saw it and I was like, "Oh, well, that's what he was trying to yeah. say." It explained. It it was literally two movies. It was the two movies right. that they were trying to make. That they shoved into one. It, I, that just, was it.
0: I'm just gonna say this right now. It's two movies. Four hours is too long for a movie. It's just I, I don't way care too long. who you are. Like I get it, and you can do that because you're on HBO Max. No problem. But it's like, yeah. don't tell me this is the movie you were going to make, Zach, because the studio would have never allowed you to put out a four-hour oh. movie. Yeah, that's cut, what, why don't you cut a two-hour and thirty-minute? Justice League was two hours long. Yeah, give me a two-hour and
1: forty-minute movie. It's in there. It's in there. Yep. No, that, that's my that's like my two pizza rule. If you can't have a meeting where it, two pizzas feeds everyone, you've got two meetings. You got two. <laughs> so <laughs> and that's, on, that's awesome. And on that note.
0: Uh, Jason, thanks for doing this, man. I'm excited for uh, for Tuesday. Yeah. We're we're going to see the movie. So awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm I'm dying to see it and can't wait to sit down and talk about it after we see it. Perfect. So
0: for everybody listening, if you want to follow the show on social media, you can do so. I'm on Instagram at the Dana Buckler. The show is on Instagram at the Dana Buckler Show. I'm on Twitter at Dana Buckler. Also on Twitter at, at Dana Buckler Show. You can email me, thedana buckler show at gmail.com. I always want to say thank you to all the Patreon supporters. If you haven't subscribed to our Patreon channel yet, please do. We have got, uh, all my show, all my episodes of Hollywood Unfiltered. We have three episodes of my new show, The Twosies. And, uh, very soon, my deep dive history looks, uh, basically, how is this movie 2.0 for the listeners out there, for the long time listeners out there? Uh, so my name is Dana Buckler and thank you so much for listening.